Distilled is a production of Chemical Processing. Chemical Processing focuses on serving engineers, designing and operating plants in the chemical industry. Welcome to the Solution Spotlight edition of our Chemical Processing Distilled podcast. Solution Spotlight, delving deeper into a topic from an industry perspective. I'm Tracy Purdom, Executive Editor of Chemical Processing. Joining me today is Boyd Baker, Vice President of Entea, which is a global software and services company specializing in asset integrity management software with Digital Twin. Floyd has been working in the asset integrity management industry for his entire career of over 40 years, with half of that time spent on the owner-user side and the other half on services and technology. Throughout his career, Floyd has worked in a variety of positions from chief inspector to executive levels as a strategist and technology driver for end users of asset integrity and risk-based inspection platforms. He specializes in digitalization technologies for inspection, mechanical engineering, and material science. Floyd is passionate about spreading awareness of the value of these technologies in a way that is easily digestible for operators to incorporate and understand, which is fortuitous because digitalization is a daunting task and often turns into static without the right context. Thanks for joining me today, Floyd. Very happy to be here, Tracy. Thank you for for inviting me. I want to get into it right away here and just start talking a little bit about how manufacturers are dealing with unstructured data to create valuable metrics and to ensure that they're achieving their digital transformation journey. Yeah, so the key word there is digital transformation journey is the key word. Um, you know, they've started many, many years ago. And if you think about it back back when I was uh, younger, it was just a bunch of paper documentation and file cabinets all over a plant. It might be in the maintenance department. It might be in the operations control room. It might be in the engineering department. Anywhere. You could find inf- information anywhere, but you had to really go around and look for it. So through this uh, digital transformation journey, um, most companies, most plants have already digitized documentation. And that helps a lot. That really creates the ease of access when one wants to go back and look at documentation that they've generated from, you know, time before, years before. Now, but it doesn't help the whole plant because then when you think about that, that file folder that it's in, that electronic file folder, that shared folder it's on, really only that person has access to it or maybe people in their group have access to it if it's a shared folder. But, but what if I'm in the inspection department and I need access to some maintenance information and I don't have access to that information? Uh, then it of course, creates a data silo, and that's what we try to do is break down data silos here, and in this pro- in this digital transformation journey, tear down the data silos in the beginning, and then start structuring the way you collect that data. You see, you can you can have a maintenance tech- technician document what he's um, working on in one fashion, and another one document in another fashion. So if you try to correlate that data, you know you have to physically read it and then physically read the other one and try to correlate that data. Whereas if you just had structural, uh, structured workflows so that everybody's cl- uh, collecting the same information in the same fashion, whether it's a drop-down box, whether it's um, uh, drop-down tick boxes or other means of uh, structuring that data so that you can actually trend it and turn it into something actionable uh, later on. And you do that across the gamut. When it comes to asset integrity, you got one inspector working for one company, and his, his report looks like this. And then, of course, another inspector 
his report looks entirely different. So you've got two good reports there, but you just can't make that data trend because they're written in two entirely different formats and the documentation that they've, or the information that they've documented is very different uh, because they all contextualize different information in different ways. So really it's a matter of structuring how the data is collected. That way it's actually usable in terms of um, machine learning or artificial intelligence and just the way humans consume data through visualizations. That's just kind of my, my feedback there. Well, let me ask you this. So we're talking about data. It seems like data going forward. What about the data that you talked about, the stuff that was in those filing cabinets? How can you put that into the format you're talking about that is, is consistent all the way through? Yeah, yeah, certainly. You, you're trying to undo the, the years of how we've done it before in the <laughs> right. past and, and actually make that historical information useful. And you're, you're spot on there. I mean, that's really what it, what it takes is a matter of shifting that data into something that's uh, structured, and that means taking previous information, previous reports, uh, and actually bringing them into an electronic platform and being able to use that information in that structured way. But they can't remain the paper in the, in the uh, files. They can't remain uh, documentation in shared folders or in, in um, individuals' folders. They have to come together in one single database. And, of course, you've heard the term single version of the truth. That's exactly what we're trying to create here in this whole digital journey is a space where all information, all data can be accessed so that you can actually create actions from it. Now, maintenance costs and asset lifecycle costs are always top of mind. How can the industry take advantage of asset integrity management and these IIoT solutions to address the challenges that they, that they face, the limited resources, while they still focus on the bottom line? There's so many moving parts here. You're exactly right. There are a lot of moving parts, and, and you got to kind of put those in boxes and, and put each one of those boxes in perspective. So bottom line is what we're trying to um, uh, improve. And one of the ways we do that, of course, is by, one, keeping things from coming from together, you know, some kind of a catastrophic event, because, you know, then you're creating what uh, the financial implication of, uh, of whatever damage is done. You're creating the environmental impact. You're creating the safety implications for the people on the plant and surrounding communities. You're also creating a PR, a public relations situation where you might have Channel 13 News hovering over your plant. You don't want any, any of these things, and they all cost you money. So mitigating the risk is first and foremost. And this is where the asset integrity management plat platform comes in. Now, to really uh, go after that bottom line and try to and improve it in, in a much higher magnitude is the IoT aspect. So currently we have people that go out in the field physically, and they're taking all kinds of readings, whether it's a, an ultrasonic thickness reading or a vibration monitoring reading. They're taking all these different kinds of readings and even observations and documenting them. One way to, to reduce that cost is by reducing the resource requirement. Connecting this asset integrity management platform, you can actually speak to SCADA data. You can speak to DCS data. You can speak to data historians and remote sensors. And all this data can come in real time. So you've done a couple things there. One, you've, you've also helped reduce the safety risk even more because now you've got less resource requirement out in those hazardous environments. You're actually collecting that data from a remote uh, means, if that's data historian, remote sensors, and so on. 
Now you've reduced the risk of that employee. You've also improved the efficiency because now that employee didn't have to spend the time to go out there and then come back and document what they found in some structured fashion. Now they're just actually collecting that data real time and analyzing it real time, almost real time. Think of it that way. Now, now you've just minimized the, the safety and the risk in the facility by having these humans in hazardous workplaces. You haven't really changed their work. You've changed how they do it. It's, so it's not a matter of, of reducing or somebody not having a job. They have a job. They just now are in a more analytical mode versus being out there in the field and, and in that uh, hazardous environment. Now, what about some security issues there? Um, are, are there any security issues? You've got all this information out there. There could be you know, nefarious folks out there wanting to do harm. Sure, sure. Most of the data we, we uh, contain in a name uh, system it's really about the assets and about their life cycle. So we don't feel like it's at a high risk. However, it's given you know what we've seen in industry uh, lately over the past year or two years, it's just it's just better to be safe. And so we take all sorts of safety risk in terms of firewalls and of course servers. We we can do suppliers cloud, but in most cases it's on the end users cloud. It's on their servers, and so their safety also applies. So when you have our safety and theirs stacked on top of each other, it's pretty safe out there. Sort of a double whammy there. Yes, definitely. Also, <laughs> you know, you got you got uh, certifications you can you can uh, look at. These are things that we're we're doing now. Is is uh, or the company I'm, I work for, Antea, is doing now. Is we're we're working on getting uh, ISO certified for cybersecurity, and we want to do that one to ensure our own uh, to protect, protect ourselves, but mostly to ensure our customers' data is safe. So there are added added values uh, that one can do, you know, things that people can can do just to ensure that security, that cybersecurity, and we're we're taking those steps. And it's almost a, an additional a value add to to what we're talking about here to have that cybersecurity um, security, not to be redundant well, there, but but to have that in place. So that's good. It is. It is really. If you think about some of the uh, man, can you believe it? Um, uh, cyber hackers and and uh, holding data ransom. Uh, yeah. Man, who would have thought? But right. but it happens. So there again, those companies that have seen that, uh, that have experienced that had to come out of pocket and pay for, you know, pay to get their data back, you know, and that's just, yeah. uh, it, it's sick thinking, but by the same token, these are things that we do not want to happen. Absolutely. Now, you talked a little bit about uh, the remote aspect of collecting this data, but also remote workers. That's the new normal. Now, what is the best way to leverage this type of technology to empower this workforce? There's been a lot of uh, traction around um, mobility in the past years. You know, everybody's got a, a smartphone just about, and everybody, you know, there's so many apps. You know, you've always heard there's, there's, there's an app for that. Well, there is an app for that just about in everything. So that's one thing. So that's the first layer of mobility. Or let me back up. I want to explain to you. I, I see mobility uh, in four dimensions and probably five, and we'll talk about that one last. But the first dimension is what we already see, people with smartphones and tablets out here doing things. They're using an app to collect data of some sort. They're um, accessing information from from uh, their smartphones, like a, a you know a cloud-based AIM platform like Antea's. Um, they, they can do everything from a smartphone or a tablet, just about that they can do from their desktop. And and that's that's the the first layer of mobility is actually being able to access that information. 
The second dimension is where they can actually influence that data. This is where the apps let you document something. You know, you're actually taking readings or you're using drop boxes and tick boxes to document what you're finding in a structured fashion. And you're able to do this from anywhere. You know, it's a cloud-based cloud arrangement. So the third layer is where connected worker concepts come in. And you're not just using smartphones and tablets. You're actually using wearables. So now one can be hands-free and commuting, communicating through a wearable device to document their findings and their actions and everything, yet having their hands free and being able to do their job. So maintaining situational awareness, maintaining any safety situations around you, uh, and still documenting what you're finding. And so that's, that's the third dimension of mobility, the way I see it. Uh, and then the fourth dimension is where you can do that, but you can also collaborate and bring other people in. One of the things we've noticed since this, since the COVID came about was, well, let me start before COVID was, was the uh, great resignation is where we're at now. And we're, um, everybody's just uh, changing careers. You know, the, you know, after the lockdown, people learned how to generate income in so many different ways that a lot of them just completely changed their career. That a lot of them moved into data science, data analytics, who knows? But I mean, the, it's really hard to find a workforce these days. So you've got limited resources with tribal knowledge and you've got a whole new oncoming workforce that is needs to be trained and so if you look at this fourth dimension of mobility it's actually the solution the answer to that it's where where one can be on a project and not have all the all the skills they need just yet but they're in the training process and they can have a subject matter expert collaborating with them and seeing exactly what they're seeing while they're performing these these activities you can have an inspector out out here performing a you know phased array on a on a pipe that's just been welded for weld quality and then you can have a really high end level 3 phased array tech sitting in Houston Texas uh looking overseeing what he's doing providing guidance and providing uh, uh interpretations and helping this less experienced guy not only helping him learn but also helping to help him get the job done and using a platform like this, you, you actually can collaborate with even the end user. If you, you're seeing problems, maybe you want to invite a third party or a fourth party and, and get some feedback from everybody. But here's the cool part. That fifth dimension that I mentioned is being able to invite the device. So now even the subject matter expert sitting in Houston, Texas, talking to a guy who knows where, maybe he's um, you know in Utah, and he can actually not only see what the guy's seeing, but he can see what the device is saying. He can actually make those interpretations from right there, from right there in Houston, Texas. So it's it's collaboration, one to one, one to many, or many to many, and many to device. So this is what the future looks like when it comes to, um, well, and actually the future is now <laughs> when it comes to um, when it comes to um, connected worker concepts and the four or now fifth dimension of mobility. Well, tapping into that workforce, the workforce that wants to uh, maybe semi-retire and, and just not have to deal with the day-to-day, -day, but still be useful and still give their tribal knowledge to the younger workforce, that, that seems like a, um, a match made in heaven. It's paramount. And when you consider the training requirements for most of the um, inspectors and technicians, they require a certain number of hours, and I mean a lot of hours, like 700, 2,000, based on what it is, um, they are, require a lot of hours of oversight by a seasoned technician. 
So this is a means where even the service companies can, can leverage by having that subject matter expert sitting in their corporate office or wherever, or at home even, and being able to oversee four, three, four, five technicians and still be looking over, not physically, but internet-wise, uh, web-wise, be looking over their shoulder, watching what they're doing, providing the guidance, helping them with the interpretations, and so on. And that means they're still getting their hours, and those hours do count for oversight, and that means they're still working toward that certification, and they could be alone doing it. Technically, they could be alone. Physically, they could be alone. From a cyber standpoint, they've got all the help they need. They've got a subject matter expert right there with them. That's always comforting, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It sure is. And and most important part, I mean, is getting those these new this new workforce up to a level of um, expertise of the exiting workforce. And to me, if you've got less of them, some as you mentioned, some retired and all that, and and so now we've got less of that experience and travel knowledge. So now you can use one of those people to cover many of the um, technicians in their up-and-coming phases of their career. Now, let's kind of switch it a little bit and talk a, a little bit about digital twin technology. How can this technology provide insights and help drive uh, intelligent decision-making? So if we roll back to the IIoT uh, conversation a moment ago, this is really where the edge comes in. You know, our AIM platform is actually the um, bridge between IT, information technology, which we've known for years, and then OT, edge technology, which is newer in the past decade. And this AIM platform sits right in the middle. So it speaks to the IT side, which is the ERPs, the uh, enterprise resource planning platforms, and computer maintenance management platforms. You integrate to those guys, so you're actually able to communicate times when, say, there has to be a work order generated for an inspection to be performed, or maybe there needs to be some repairs made as a result of an inspection. So these, when you integrate these two, this IT and this AIM platform, you actually create the ability to autonomously generate the notifications for that to happen. And then when those, when those uh, uh, planners convert those to work orders and work actually takes place, then you actually document when that work is completed and the information comes back to the platform. So one can go out and verify that it was done and done correctly and then schedule it for its next uh, interval, inspection or maintenance activity or whatever the, whatever the case may be. So that's the IT side. This is the way you keep the single version of the truth from, from the information te technology side into the lifecycle management tools. Now, the OT side is where the digital twin comes in because now we actually connect to these other data sources that, that I mentioned earlier, SCADA, data historian, remote sensors, DCS. We can connect into those platforms that actually have the sensor data, live sensor data, and utilize that data to help us glean more actionable information and understand not only what his history looks like up to date, but what it looks like now. This, this creates a platform for... Uh, AI and machine learning as well also. So you got to keep that in mind. Now when the digital twin comes into play, it's just where we can take all the visualizations and be able to pull all that data into one visualization for contextualization. You know, I, I read an article that's been a couple of years ago. I think really it was during the lockdown. Um, I think it was Microsoft or maybe it was Google that wrote it, but they talked about the um, humans, you know, with the onset of uh, smartphones and, and uh, Internet connectivity 
you know, 4G, 5G, Wi-Fi, and uh, humans have developed the life, uh, the attention span of a goldfish. <laughs> and I thought that was crazy. Yeah, that's that's really true. <laughs> I saw, I, I read it, <laughs> uh, and and uh, it, that's eight seconds. And and they say it's due to you know the things like social media and gaming, where they, it really takes some exciting things to get their attention as they scroll through their smartphone, right? And and I guess I kind of agree with that because me, I'm a real visual kind of person. I would rather look at this, look at a, um, a visualization, a graphic of some sort, and be able to glean the data through that graphic, and 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 that helps me contextualize that information better. And surely the younger workforce it does. So being able to visualize and contextualize that data through a digital twin, that real-time data, and and be able to compare it to the um, to the historical data. This to me makes for much more efficient decision making, and much more accurate too. You don't you're not guessing at what's what what's actually happening in the plant. You're not trying to guess at what happened last night in the middle of the night while everyone is asleep. All the information is readily available right there in front of you. This is this is to me where digital twins come in the most handy. I have a, a ringer question here for you. This is my one last question for you today. Okay. In in your bio, it mentions your personal interests which include mm-hmm. team roping, competitive horses, and cattle. Let's hear about mm-hmm. that. Uh, so I, I team rope. It's kind of a hobby, but it's kind of also, a, um, I guess, semi-pro. I team rope with um, United States Team Roping Championships and World Series Team Roping and a couple other organizations, and I do that just, just about every weekend. Uh, we practice a couple of nights a week, and we go to these events, and, uh, and we try to win stuff. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. It's a whole lot of fun. You know, in team roping, you got a header and a healer, and, and of course, two horses and, and a cow, and, and so there's a lot of variables in play out there in the arena, and everything's moving at mock speeds. Uh, in team roping, you got a header and a healer. I'm the healer, so I rope the back feet, or, or at least I hope I do. That's that's the plan. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess you know, I guess you can tie that into your 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 day job, but just on a different level, you're you're all trying to get all of these. Uh, pieces, parts, talking to each other to make sure that you get to the end result. Yeah, spatial awareness. you got to pay attention to everything going on around you at the same time and make things, uh, make things happen while it's all, all that mass is in motion. Well, Floyd, thank you for your thoughtful answers into this topic. Um, I appreciate the, the time that you put into this, and uh, our audience, I'm sure, will as well. Well, Tracy, I'm so happy to, so happy you invited me. It was really good talking with you. I look forward to talking again sometime soon. Absolutely. Well, on behalf of our guest, Floyd Baker at Antea, thank you for listening to Solution Spotlight. Mm-hmm.